0: A backslider is a person who once had salvation, but has since turned away from the Lord Jesus to the point that he is now spiritually lost and dead again, just like he was before becoming saved. That's a current quote from an Armenian pastor who believes that... Being backslidden according to the Bible means that your salvation is losable. And if it's losable, then this whole doctrine of the perseverance of the saints is unbiblical and theologically unsound. We're going to talk tonight about this whole issue of backsliding from the perspective of the perseverance of the saints and clarify the difference between biblical backsliding and persevering in the faith. So stay tuned with us tonight on Sinners and Saints.
1: In an age of moral bankruptcy, political sleaze, theological confusion, and aimless religion in a mindless church, we're addressing the need for a Bible-based, intellectually rigorous, 21st century Christian faith. This is Sinners and Saints, Theology with an Edge. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, we're back here tonight on Sinners and Saints. We want to thank you for joining us. We're glad that uh, you have stayed with us throughout this discussion on TULIP. And we uh, are finally dealing with this the topic of perseverance of the saints, the last letter in the uh, Calvinistic acronym TULIP. And joining us tonight with our uh, for our discussion, as usual, is Rev. Moses Jambazian from Pasadena United Reformed Church and Rev. Adam Kalushian from Ontario United Reformed Church, and I'm John Sautel, one of the pastors at uh, First United Reformed Church of Chino. What we want to do tonight, last week we kind of set out a biblical basis for uh, the doctrine of perseverance of the saints and, and took some time to clarify it over against... Uh, Uh, what some people think we mean when we talk about perseverance of saints, and that's eternal security. And we tried to show uh, that that's not our position at all, that uh, perseverance is something that God does in us, in the context of the church, through the use of the means of grace, and that he's given us numerous promises in his word that that he does keep and preserve his saints, and they shall certainly persevere in their salvation. But there's another... uh, particular angle on this topic that we need to take up. And that is to contrast perseverance of the saints from this whole idea of being backslidden. And I think it's helpful for us to understand, first of all, what people generally mean when they hear the word backslidden.
2: It's this idea that uh, you are a Christian, you heard the gospel, you received Jesus into your heart, but then as time goes on, you kind of get lax. In fact, you get so lax that you basically start acting as, at first as a non-Christian and then eventually you really become a non-Christian because you have so far departed from the good works that you're supposed to do that now essentially you've built up demerits and canceled out any good merits that you may have had. That is essential to clarify here because the common understanding
0: of backslidden is that you become unregenerate you were a new creation in christ and now that is gone you're back to being old man you completely lost your salvation that's how it's generally understood and i want to make that clear because the bible does use this term but it does not fill it up with that content
2: yeah if you have this context you have to understand that what you're saying is that there's a point at which like on tuesday you were a christian but at some point, Tuesday night, you reached a state of unchristianness, so that had you died Tuesday at lunch, you would have gone to heaven. But if you died Wednesday after breakfast, you would go to hell. But fortunately,
3: you
0: went to the Wednesday night prayer meeting, at which time you rededicated your life to Jesus, and now you're back in.
3: Yeah, let's look at what's behind this, this belief that you can unregenerate yourself. It basically comes down to this. It's a desire to preserve this notion of free will that God at no point will be able to preserve you absolutely because that would infringe upon your ability at some point to make a free decision and be responsible for God.
0: Okay, let's clarify this because everybody believes in free will. let We don't want to uh, give away this doctrine to our opponents here because we believe in free will. How do you think the person who doesn't believe in the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, how do you think they understand free will?
3: Well, they understand free will is that at every point in my life before God, uh, I am responsible to make a decision to follow him and to abide in him, to act like a Christian, to put my faith and trust in him, and to be obedient to his commands. And that that decision or that lifestyle, that countenance that I have toward him will at any one point along life's journey determine whether or not I am part of his
2: kingdom.
0: But isn't there something more in this whole business of free will than just that I'm making choices?
2: Yeah, it's basically a failure to understand that will is based on nature, right? You're not free as in absolutely random throw the dice and you make a decision one way or another. The will that you have is based on the nature that God has given to you as the new man or the nature that you were in because of your birth from the line of Adam. You make free decisions in accordance with that nature. Right.
0: It's not as if the will is this impersonal, neutral force that can be bent either way or the other. Christians and non-Christians alike have that. A free will is the capacity to choose, and that choice is conditioned
3: upon the, the nature of my heart. Okay, let's explain that a minute. Adam, our first father had a free moral will. He could have chose to do the good or chose to do the evil. He chose to do evil. Everybody since the fall of Adam, born into the world, is born with the sinful nature. We are not in the same place that Adam was. Everybody is inclined toward all evil all the time. We talked about that with total depravity. When God makes someone alive in Christ, they are now the new creation and they from out of that will will choose to act in accordance with that nature. Uh, do the things which are right and good and sound, uh, be faithful, be obedient, or they will choose to be disobedient to God. This is what the scripture means by the term backslidden, falling into sin.
0: Okay, Adam, I think you got your finger on a point that's very important. We're going to come back to that after the break, and that's the relationship of remaining sin in the life of the believer to perseverance of the saints. So stay tuned with us after the break. Hi there, this is uh, Reverend John Sautel, co-host of Sinners and Saints. Uh, Do you live in the Chino Hills or Diamond Bar area? Well, if you do, I want to extend a very special invitation to you to come join us to study the Word of God. On Tuesday evenings at 7.30 at Chino Hills High School, we're currently studying through the Book of Romans. If you'd like to join us, just give me a call at 909-319-3479. That's 909-319-3479. Or for more information, check us out at allsaintsreform.org. That's allsaintsreform.org.
1: Reformation Radio. Theology with an edge. Come to worship God at the
2: Pasadena United Reformed Church. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hear the gospel faithfully preached. Rejoice in the God of your salvation. Come and join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. We are located at 226 West Colorado in Arcadia off the Santa Anita exit of the 210 freeway. Call us at 866-99-UNITED or visit us at urcsocal.org. Hi, this is Pastor Biro of Grace Evangelical Church in Torrance. We are a new Reformed Church serving all of South Bay. As a member of the United Reformed Churches of North America, Grace Evangelical Church emphasizes the preaching of the gospel, weekly administration of the Lord's Supper, catechism of our children, and emphasis on the singing of the Psalms, all in a family-friendly atmosphere. Come, worship with us. You can reach us at area code 310-782-7019.
0: All right, we're back here tonight on Sinners and Saints, and we're dealing with the whole issue of the perseverance of the saints, or if you like better, maybe the preservation of the saints, that God preserves his people in their salvation, and that certainly will happen. They certainly will persevere in their salvation. And we're contrasting that over against the popular conception among many evangelicals of this idea of being backslidden, that... I, as, that me as a free moral agent can choose to reject Christ, even though I'm a Christian, and repudiate my salvation and in actuality unregenerate myself. That's a pure act of free will. And we're arguing as Calvinists, no, you cannot. Your free will is not so free as a regenerate person to unregenerate yourself and reject Christ.
3: Yeah, think of it like this. Every man born into the world is uh, sinful in rebellion and unbelief. And he's walking down a certain path, okay? And uh, he's dipping his mind and he's dipping his actions into all kinds of disobedience along that road. But God comes by his grace and saves that person. He takes that person turns them around, pays for all of their sins, and now puts them, as a regenerate person, on the path to life eternal. Now, certainly a Christian at that point can get off on the side of the road and dip himself into all kinds of things that are similar to the things that he was doing before he was saved, but he can never place himself on the path again to destruction. There's no teaching in the Scripture of that. Well, they will
2: argue, however, that there are texts such as... Hebrews 6 is one of the main ones they go to, uh, starting at verse 4. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. And they say, see, you can fall away after you've tasted all these things. But there's two problems with this view. One is, as you continue on, it says it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. So if falling away as they understand it is true, number one, you can never, ever be restored. So you basically get one shot at Christianity. But more important to our argument is verse nine. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation. In other words, all these other things were not salvific. They deal with something called covenant, which we've talked about at other times but it is not speaking of individual election and salvation now, and justification. that's a very important text to
0: bring in on this issue because very, very often people who hold this doctrine of, of backsliding, this Arminian understanding of backsliding, point to this text and say, See, you can have all of these things. You could basically be regenerate. That's what they argue the person in Hebrews 6 is. And you can lose it. See, it's as if you fall away. But this text does not support your position at all because as Moses points out, that person in view in Hebrews 6, it says it's impossible to restore. And nobody, as far as I've read, among these Arminian, this Arminian view of, of, of back, the doctrine of being backslidden believes that you can't be renewed. They will argue you can be renewed. Whole ministries are set up to renew and restore and re-regenerate, if you will. People who are backslidden. This text doesn't support your position.
3: Yeah, let's be clear about what we think Hebrews 6 is saying. Okay, Hebrews is written to an audience who, you know, much like us, people in the church, people who hear the gospel preached, people who hear the law of God preached, people who are instructed on a daily basis about how they ought to live the Christian life. They are given the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper and then willfully forsake it for the rest of their lives. Uh, there are certainly people in true churches who hear the preaching of the word, they come into contact with all these things, but to the end of their life will reject everything that they've been taught. They will reject God in unbelief. And yes, it is true that though they have an outward position in the church, though they have had... Contact with the gracious words of God and the gracious sacraments of God reject all of these things And it is true at the end that they will not have the position of salvation But the point there is they never did they were always hypocrites They were always ones who were just playing church or playing Christianity Nobody who has a true salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ who has been elected by God and saved by his grace will lose that's salvation. Okay,
0: but what about this? Uh, Luke chapter 22, where Jesus uh, says to Peter, uh, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. In other words, they're arguing from this text that Jesus is clearly saying to Peter, you're going to lose your salvation, and once it's restored to you, then you go out and serve me again.
2: But that can't possibly be even from that text, because we believe we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. And the faith here is not going to fail, because Jesus prays, your faith will not fail. But something grievous does happen here. Peter does sin by denying his master. And Jesus says, in your state of salvation, though you have committed such a grievous sin against me, yet I pray to the Father, that he will again restore you to the fullness of your assurance and life.
3: That's right. You're supposed to contrast Peter with, say, Judas. Uh, Peter and Judas have very similar sins. I mean, Judas betrays Jesus Christ. And so Peter, does Peter. Peter, denies, Peter him. denies him. Peter denies him, yeah. And in some ways, Which is Peterson worse. <laughs> is more heinous. I mean, Peter loves himself and his prestige so much that even to a little uh, Jewish girl, he will not admit that he was a follower of Christ right. and that he was with him for most uh, for these last couple of years. But the point is that the reason why Peter stays and is goes on to become a preeminent apostle and is uh, even composing the scripture by the grace of the Holy Spirit, the reason why he doesn't, Judas doesn't, is because Christ has prayed that he will persevere. When it was written of Judas long before, that he will not persevere. In fact, his evil heart, which was evil all along, will be exposed and he'll be left in that condition. Let me see if I
0: can tie this into the Reformed understanding. Because we do believe, as Calvinists, that someone can seriously, seriously sin against God and appear to even have fallen, yet not wholly or completely. The canons of Dort say, by enormous sins, they very highly offend God, incur a deadly guilt, grieve the Holy Spirit interrupt the exercise of faith and very grievously wound their conscience. But then it goes on, chapter 5, article 6. But God, who is enriched in mercy according to his unchangeable purpose of election, does not wholly withdraw the Holy Spirit from his own people, even in their grievous falls. That's the same thing that Jesus is describing here with Peter. I pray that your faith will not fail. You sinned. You're going to sin, Peter. And you're going to fall, but you're not going to so grievously fail that you are unconverted and unregenerate. You may lose the light of God's countenance for a moment, but God, who is rich in mercy, according to the purpose of election, will sustain that seed of regeneration in you. And he will call you back to your senses and you will devote your life faithfully to serving the Lord. We come back after the break. We're going to continue to deal with some more objections and compare and contrast this backslidden doctrine over against perseverance of the saints.
1: You're listening to Sinners and Saints on 99.5 FM KKLA.
0: Hi, this is Reverend John Sautel, pastor of Congregational Life and Outreach at First United Reformed Church of Chino. We are a Protestant, Bible-based, family-oriented church committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are located just off the 60 Freeway at Mountain Avenue in Chino. We worship at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. every Sunday. If you'd like more information about our church, give us a call at 866-99-UNITED. That's 866-99-UNITED.
3: Are you looking for a church that values the Word of God and the rediscovery of its riches in the Protestant Reformation? Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Kalustian. I want to invite you to join us at the Ontario United Reformed Church. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Take the Euclid Avenue exit off the 60 freeway, go north one block to Philadelphia Street, turn right, and you'll see us. That's the Ontario United Reformed Church, 866-99-UNITED. All right, thanks for joining us here. We're in the last segment tonight
0: talking about uh, the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. And by the way, if if you want to know more about this, please get in touch with us at 866-99-UNITED. We've also been using uh, a number of references from the Canons of Dort, one of our doctrinal standards again tonight. If you would like that, contact us, 866-99-UNITED. Happy to send you out a free copy. And here we've been contrasting this uh, sort of popular Understanding of being backslidden over against the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. And we've been arguing you cannot unregenerate yourself, which is the popular conception really of backslidden, um, because God will certainly see to it that you persevere in your faith. But now let's take it out of this realm sort of of the theoretical and doctrinal, bring it down to the practical. I'm going to read a quote here from somebody who holds this backslidden view. He says, when I come across a person living in fornication, in adultery, or walking after the flesh, and he says, don't worry about me, man. I accepted Christ at a Billy Graham crusade when I was a kid. And yet the person is a drunkard and a fornicator. And he says, once I've been saved, I'm always saved. So don't worry about
2: me. Believe me. This guy says, I'm going to rattle this guy's cage as best I can. That's a good thing to do as a pastor, is to remind this man that you cannot continue on abiding in sin. But the thing is that we would have said the exact same thing to him. It's almost like it's a gotcha. No.
0: This is a critique of the perseverance position. See, here, you just proves it. This guy cannot abide. See, it proves that Christians uh, are responsible for abiding in the vine. And by this behavior, he's showing he's not abiding in the vine. He fell out. He's unregenerated himself, in a sense.
2: But and- Jesus confronted the Pharisees, who were convinced that they were keeping the law, and he said the same thing to them. You are whitewashed tombs. Inside, you are filled with dead men's bones. The fact that somebody believes himself to be regenerate does not make him regenerate. Yeah, it this-
3: doesn't uh, trump our argument that God preserves his people. We would tell this guy, well, first of all, we'd slap him under church discipline and say, you are not living in accordance with the profession of being a Christian. And if you don't repent, then you have no reason to believe that you are a Christian. And we'll put him literally outside the camp. We will say, you no longer have any reason to believe, nor do we have any reason to believe, that you are a true Christian.
0: Okay, so, so what you're saying, pastorally, we don't just ignore this. Even though we hold the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, we don't ignore it when somebody uh, manifests this kind of scandalous, sinful behavior and say, Oh, that's okay, brother. Uh, you have every reason to believe you're saved because we believe in the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. You believe all the right doctrines, so it must be okay.
2: No, what we would say is, look, you are obviously still succumbing to the old habits. And though a child is expected to walk, we know he's going to fall. We lift him up again and we encourage him to walk. We do the same with someone who has professed faith and then lives in a manner that shows an ungodly walk. We remind him that this cannot be. If he repents of it, then we know God is working in him. If he doesn't, then we tell him. You do not have any of the fruits of regeneration. We don't believe you've ever been saved. Okay,
0: but can a true regenerate person do this?
3: Yes. Sadly, yes. Well, I yeah, I mean, you have to say yes to that. Otherwise, what do you do with somebody like King David? I mean, King David, who was the man after God's own heart. That's what the Scripture calls him, okay? King David, who has all of the advantages, not only outward advantages in the world, but all of the spiritual advantages of contact and communication with God himself of leading God's people of being uh, of being enriched by the word of God and by the law and the prophets the one who spent so much time meditating on the on the glories of God and worshiping him this guy set his heart after a woman that was not his and committed adultery and what do we say about David we don't say well David lost his salvation and then got it back we say that a sinful man who was at the same time a saint of God fell into sin and was God dealt with him and brought him back into an obedient state, but he never lost his salvation. Okay, God was going to bless him. Okay, David is him. a
0: perfect template, in other words. David, and, and even Peter is, for understanding this language of backslidden in Scripture. We're not denying that backslidden is a term in Scripture, but we're saying you cannot... Fill it up with the content of free will, your free will idea, and then argue from that that you can unregenerate yourself. David is a good example of a sinner who was a a Christian who was a sinner or a saved person who was a sinner and
2: fell and stumbled mightily. But he never lost his regeneration or his salvation. The Apostle John tells us, if we say we have no sin, God is not in us. But as often as we acknowledge our sin, God is faithful. Christ, our advocate, is there pleading our case because of his blood. And therefore, this being the case, you can no longer abide in sinful living and therefore give up the old ways, grow and mature until you reach the point of glory when god translates you from this life and kills off the old man finally with all its habits you know one
3: of one of the most disgusting things about this common notion of backsliding is that people merely by you know doing good works are going to make themselves acceptable to god again whereas before they weren't this is a problem People can easily become, religious people can easily become the Pharisees that think that basically because they stopped doing bad things that they are right with God. But what do we tell people? We say, no, you're never saved by repenting from the evil thing that you're doing, but you have to look to the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your evil actions, and you have to thank him for his mercies which have not left you in your own destruction, left you unaccountable to anybody, and then going forward in response to his grace— in thankful obedience and repentance.
0: This perseverance of the saints depends not upon their free will, but upon the immutability of the divine decree of election, flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father, upon the efficacy of the merit and the intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding spirit and the seed of God within them, from all which arise the certainty and the infallibility of their perseverance. Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 17, Paragraph 2. You will certainly persevere if you have been effectually called and regenerated by God. That is your assurance and comfort as a Christian. Thanks for joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints.
1: Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints Theology. With an edge. For more information, call 866 99 United or log on to the web at urcsocal.org. That's 866 99 United.